Yo, yo, yo. What's the word? It's all confusing now. I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Salinas Underground Podcast. Your look at news, events, coffee shops, new podcasts again. Yeah, Oz here once again in the studio. Pretty warm, 71. It's getting warm in here. We've been in here a while. People don't know. They're only going to hear like the 40 minutes of the show, but we've been here for 12 hours. Recording like people don't know the the background. It's tough. It's tough. They just anyway. Yeah, I'm back in the studio. I got guests again, and guests with podcasts. I freaking love talking about new podcasts or not new podcasts, but introducing people to podcasts. Today, sitting in front of me, I almost called you James. I'm so so (laughs) I'm so used to hearing because you usually start with James and then go to Kevin. So I'm so like I'm hearing you go sitting with me is. James, James Mena. Mena, yeah. What name? We have Anthony Mena. <laughs> yeah, Anthony and Jenna sitting in front of me from the first and the fifteenth podcast. And I mean, Anthony, you've heard his voice before. He's also one of the hosts of Stalo Podcast. We've had him on Salinas Underground. So it's a you've heard that voice before, but the, the second voice definitely will be new. Hell yeah, man. Um, what's up? It's your boy Anthony sitting in the studio, skin glowing, fucking burrito eating. They call me Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because we just shot an episode of the first and fifteenth with Oz as the ghost, uh, as the ghost, as the guest, and now we're, we flipped the tables and. Yeah, it's pretty neat. We've done a lot of different types of recording. We've recorded two podcasts simultaneously from different locations, but I don't think I've ever done a back-to-back one where we're basically doing the same thing, but literally just flipping the tables. Flipping the rolls. Yeah, awesome. it's neat. It's it's a little bit incestuous, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is what you got to do to promote. No, I, I love it. Well, it's cool because I, again, I, I've been on first and the 15th and i'm i i don't know much honestly much of the history or what it is so i we'll get all into that but yeah let's let's talk yeah so we're here to promote that the show is called first and the 15th it's a podcast yeah we uh we profile artists from around the area um basically anyone the goal is for anyone who has never tried art or anything artistic to be able to listen to it to an artist that is in their own space or area and kind of get an idea for what it would take to be, to like go down that road. Ultimately, like uh, you know, I had the mission with the mission of like, if I can inspire anyone to try something artistic, then the show's existence is justified. If I can get anyone to like start a new Avenue to something that they end up loving Jesus Christ, like that's the, the greatest thing I can ever do with the show. Uh, we launched it in the middle of the pandemic, like May of that year. It was me and uh, Jaime Virgen, a local filmmaker. Shout out. Shout out. The first co-host of the show of like three (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts. So yeah, no, we ran the show for a year doing strictly remote because no one can leave the house. And... Then the doors opened and we needed a break because at that point we had been running the show for like 52 weeks straight, like basically a year straight every week, booking a new guest every week mm-hmm. and having them on remotely and having to edit all that audio and ship it on a Friday um, for a year. I was burnt out and we needed a break. And so I was like, <laughs> let me take a time, some time off. And several relaunches later, after I start Stay Low... I'm like, yo, I want to bring the show back because the, we had an audience. Like, there was a proper audience there, and, like, people were interested in, like, the people that we brought on. And more importantly, it was, like, the most fun I'd ever had doing podcasting. Like, I, I started Cowboy Rowdy podcast with comedians from around the area, and we had some really great times where we got on some pretty notable comedians. And, like... Yeah, you had Dave Chappelle that one night. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had Brian Simpson. I mean, he was Dave was Chappelle like from Modesto, fucking... but he said the name. No, we had... <laughs> <laughs> we had Brian Simpson, who like a month later was on the Joe Rogan podcast. That's so cool. What That's fucking heck? cool. Like, fuck, man. You're just like listening, like, please say the name, please say the name, say please say the name. name. Yeah, just say it once. Just say it once, dude. Well, no, during the, like, like right before we started recording, he's like, yeah, dude, this is like my ninth show today. This is like my ninth podcast. That's I'm doing crazy. Today. 
Name one. Name one other <laughs> one, please. That would have been cool. Um, but it was like you, you know the cowboy Roddy one was it was great. It was funny, but like it wasn't one that I could take real pride in because of like the content. It was so silly and so like. You know, th- like four dudes in a room drinking beers and talking shit about random stuff. And I wanted something that I can present and, like, really, like, be proud of. And, like, this is something that can add to, a, like, a community or, like, people will be proud listening to and not feel like I'm just listening to, like, silly shit. Um, and that's where the first and 15th came from. Hell yeah. What... I- the title, what, why is it, if it seems like you're doing uh, weekly, of, but why is it first in the 15th? One of our taglines is where starving artists eat. And back in the day when you were a starving artist, you would get the government check on the first and the 15th. Love it. That's, that's okay, yeah, that's show. cool. I like that. It's a great name. And like we wanted to present it as something that was very down to earth, on the ground floor, street level. Like, you know, these are people that you can catch every week on like you know at the local coffee shop or or you know and like they've graduated to like oh shit now they're playing college stadiums and like doing you know big things like fucking we had flaco alejandro like on this lot like two episodes ago he's just got like set up to do an npr tiny desk fucking set you know yeah it's yeah. like holy shit i talked to this dude during the pandemic when he was like recording and trying to like get it up and he goes viral and like he's doing great things right now and it's like one of the more prideful aspects of it i think it's like one of the more it's like a moment where i've seen like shit i actually like got to not like even play a role in this dude's success but like document a part of it yeah no that's cool dude because i've on the soccer side of it i've there's been times where you know you interview a dude and then like you don't even think about it and then eight years later you see him like playing on Saturdays and you're like, whoa, no way. Like I, I, you know, it's like, what, like you're saying, I didn't not saying that I helped him get there, but that's pretty neat that I, I was, you know, there when he was at a lower level and, and look where he's gone. That's, that is so cool. And the goal of the show ultimately is not to like, hopefully catch an artist on the way up and like, you know, like say we were the ones who interviewed. Yeah. Him. It was, it's not that it's like for someone to like, cause it's fucking hard starting a new artistic Avenue as someone like, who probably doesn't like, you know, like a lot of people when they're starting something new in art, they don't really have a lot of friends in that area or space. And it's intimidating. And I went through that. I've switched through mediums. Like I started in theater and then I went to filmmaking and then I started doing poetry and then I started doing stand up. And every time I changed medium, I had to make new friends in that medium. And it's an uncomfortable like thing when you're starting out. And I don't know. I just wanted like to be able to provide a space for people to share that experience, you know, like the, the shitty things they went through or like the, the moments that were like, dude, this is why I'm here, you know? Um, ultimately, you know? Yeah. So, and so like, do you think like the people that listen, would it be more someone that like is, is already an artist that wants to get some inspiration or just someone that you, that like just wants to hear a story of how this person's, um, more so both, honestly, I, I, I don't really want to label my audience as any type of like sector or category, like people who do this or people who do that. It's anyone who has either a, an interest in the person we're talking to be an interest in like the show itself or see an interest in the category that that person is talking about. Yeah. And then you said like, you could see these dudes like at the local coffee shop or whatever. And when you say that, do you mean like, cause we're obviously recording like this Selena's underground, we're recording Selena's. So, like, are you talking about, like, that? Like, in the local Monterey Bay area, you might see them? Or just the artists you have in general are probably, like, it might be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but you're going to see this dude, you know, whoever I'm interviewing, more likely at the coffee shop than at the arena. What I've gleaned from doing this show is that most artists, at whatever level they're at, usually still not heavily rely, but, like, you know, rely on being able to perform in front of a crowd in a, in a low stakes kind of format. So sometimes you'll see artists that like do paid shows in front of like, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people like running through a song in front of a small crowd at like an open mic. Um, coffee shop is kind of a generic term for yeah. like open mic. Um, and those take places, you know, not just in coffee shops, bars all over the area. And yes, we are centralized in the Mount Monterey Bay. We have had artists that were from out of state, um, generally at the same level, though. So they can, like, provide insight not just from our own little bubble, but from outside of it, you know? Yeah. 
Well, no, and that's cool that you mentioned that that the whole like you know, big people can play small stuff type thing because it was interesting. I, you know, several episodes ago we had the uh, Rumba Madre, <coughs> David from his name was David from the Rumba Madre musician, you know, and he was talking about playing in Nashville, big big music city, you know. So he'd be like, dude, you you'll go to like an open mic or like a jam session, and like you're playing with like. Taylor Swift's guitarist, which I mean, sound I, mean, I don't know why I went, Taylor Swift is like the only country type. I don't, I don't know. I hear, think a big pop star like Taylor Swift, but anyway, basically, like Taylor Swift's guitarist is obviously a pretty damn good guitarist, but he's not famous, or they are not famous because they're not Taylor. You know, Taylor Swift is a thing, but you could play, you could jam out with them, you know, and that's pretty neat. That you know, like every artist isn't always playing the big arenas, you know? And, and so, yeah, that is... Well, I mean, especially with comedy, um, oh, because yeah. with stand-up, like, you can't really... I mean, you can look at yourself in the mirror and tell a joke a thousand times, but you're never really going to know how it, like, works in a room until you work it in a room, you know? Yeah. Um, until you're there in the moment feeling it. And as you're telling it, you're noticing the inflections that you practiced on your voice and like how the crowd reacts to that. So it's, it's based a lot more on reaction than it is like, I would say listener experience. Yeah. Um, Dude, and in comedy, you'd rather flop in front of 30 people and know that that joke won't work than try to do it in front of 3000 and be like, Oh my bad. (laughs) I guess that one didn't work. And the same principle applies to a lot of other mediums. Like I'm sure like I've had a lot of musicians that are like, you know, I need to prep for this show. I need to get a tuner show in me. I need to get a tuner mic. You know, where you're tuning yourself as a performer in front of this low stakes audience that didn't pay to come here, just came to have a good time and listen to some cool shit. Hell yeah. Well, I don't want to switch it up a bit because, again, you're just a half of this. <laughs> I want to bring in the other half. Hey. Yeah, Jenna, how I want, how did you, how do you tie into this and how did you get involved in being his co host on oh. first and the 15th? Well, I've been an artist for a long time. Me and Anthony have done a lot of work together, whether we were in the same project or Anthony was tech or we were in the same uh, like artist class. Like I feel like at the be- our beginnings were kind of in the same grouping. Can I say that? Yeah, no, definitely. Right? Um, we knew the same people. We were working. To, like, learn who I was like back on to high school or like. College. Western stage yeah. type thing. Western or is stage. it Western stage? Or I know NPC also has a theater program, right? I think they do. I don't know. But they, right. Yeah. What, Ish. <laughs> I love their stage. I'm going to put that out there. But we did meet at Heart Now. Oh, Heart okay. Now Western stage. And that's where we met. Yeah, I was, uh, I was an edgy little fucking <laughs> scene kid. <laughs> and I was just there for the groove of it. I mean, uh I was like, Anthony, you were saying how you like tried to make friends and and like everything you were trying, poetry, all this stuff. And for me, I was very shy about everything I was into. I'm into writing, poetry, acting, singing, and I kept that to myself and I tried to grow slowly. And it was like friends like Anthony that like invited me into their circle that because I wasn't seeking those friendships. Yeah. I was not seeking them. And there's a, a the powerful aspect about people who empower and, and look at someone and they're like, I see that. I'm a, I'm a help them. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that wasn't the case, but you still saw something in me enough to find a friendship, you know? And that's what makes these like artist circles so powerful is that sometimes we have to empower each other and when um, we, I was just acting, uh, I go through different theaters throughout the peninsula or Monterey County. And Anthony told me to be a part of this show because of my experience. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, let me learn. I want to ask these artists. I want to learn from them. And I wanted to be a part of the show. And had you, were you a listener of podcasts before? Um, I would say I'm a little bit more of the mainstream podcasts. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Like Joe Rogan, <laughs> the ones that are out there. I don't really seek different ones. And being part of this experience definitely opened up my mind to everything you can learn to podcast. No, yeah, I've, I've heard that several times, you know, where people, they hear about the medium and then they jump into it before they realize like, whoa, whoa, there's a whole world in here. And it's, yeah. it's neat to see them, you know, their their world start expanding. Mm hmm. To, yeah, to catch all that. <laughs> yeah. like, um, and it, it's been kind of fun to see the show progress. It, it, like, 
not just through co-hosts, unfortunately. And, like, people, you know, with Jaime, it was, like, a, a personal thing. He needed to go on his own and do his own thing um, because, ultimately, he wants to be a filmmaker. He didn't want to be a podcaster. Um, and then I had Taylor Wilson. Shout out Taylor Wilson, the boy, um, came in. He's a filmmaker as well. He had a great time shooting the show, but um, I needed a mental health break, and then fatherhood came up for him. And so then I was like, I want, well, I want to take the show in a new direction. I, I wanted to change it up and make it new, make it like a fresh start. And I knew that I wanted someone with a perspective that was different than mine because that was the thing with me and Jaime and Taylor. They had similar mindsets to me, which made it comfortable to record with them, mm-hmm. but ultimately kind of just sounded like the same person talking twice, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, who that I know can a talk on the mic and like we talked about in the first and 15th tell a story with their voice and doesn't think the same way that I do. And then I looked around at the circle I had in front of me in the list. I had, a, there was a whole list of like potential co-hosts. I love it. And I was like, okay, there's the a tier, B tier, C tier, whatever. A tier was like Jenna and like two other people. And like the first person I asked was Jenna and at the time, I think you 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 weren't in a like completely. I was so were, scared. Yeah, I was so scared. Let's be honest. Theater, you rehearse for months and you put it on. This is something different, man. And I commend anyone who does it. Honestly, I was a little scared. I'm gonna put that out there. It's it's all right though, because it is it, you can't, like I said, new mediums can be super intimidating. Exactly. Yeah. And then I was at um, one of my partner's shows, and Jenna was there because they're friends. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I was hanging out with Jenna. She's there. <laughs> and then she came up to me and was, and, you know, like, hey, you know, are you still looking for a co host on your show? And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, I am. And so <laughs> I think that was huge that, like, that she took the initiative of, like, wanting to do it. And that's what made it so easy for me to say, like, okay, that's it. You're, you're in it. Aww. How, how how sweet. How sweet. I asked and he gave me what I wanted. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's all. And also, and before we go too far, we, and this is also available wherever the old thing, wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, yeah, no. All oh, mediums. Yeah. All, all mediums. All streaming services. And episodes go usually half an hour, sometimes an hour eight. Yeah, we go in seasons. <laughs> we're on. Uh, we're in the middle of season three right now. Um, Twenty five episodes a season. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, gives us an opportunity to change the intro music and do some fun things, change up the show, make give it some new life every time. I want to see some different people on there. I want to see chefs. I want chefs to come our way. I want skateboarders to come our way. It's I a- want people who like. Spray paint and shit, everything. And that's the cool oh, yeah. thing about it is like the term artist. What is it? Is just becomes so broad and like with with every new medium that comes out and every new passion that you see come up and become popular, mm-hmm. the the word takes on a new meaning almost, you know, on a daily basis. Um, and so you know that's like the the fucking journey we're going on with this show is trying to explore every artistic medium and get a different perspective from each guest. How, dude, and it's and it's so different now with this whole AI thing. They're so because you could almost like tell a program, hey, can you make like a cool looking drawing of a mountain with a with a meadow and a lake, and then you could just sell it like you made art, you know? And it's so <laughs> weird. And at at some point, people are gonna have to come to terms with it. And I'm sure some people will be like, well, that is art, you know, because art is how it makes you feel, not how it's created or something, you know. <laughs> I didn't, just like, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, yeah I yeah, I'm sure there's there'll be somebody, you know, yeah. are arguing that point. And AI it, advocate. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that stuff is a trip. It is. That that stuff is Yeah, it's super fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it before on research now, like cause you can you could do an extension on your Google Sheets and you literally just tell like, can you make a a top ten list of the movies that made the most money in like nineteen ninety seven or whatever? Just it just does it. And it's just like, this is too that. much power. <laughs> this is too much. You could tell it to do. So, oh, make me a, a chart of like 
baby names in 1995 or something and like or pie graph whatever you tell it and it just it takes it a minute to think but then it does it and then you're like dude every time i do that it learns more you know and it's just exactly. like it's fucking crazy uh, <laughs> let's start an ai podcast i'm sorry right now though. this is now selena's underground ai no because i'll be questioning him i am ai ai dude yeah there goes the whole matrix thing right we're all batteries thank you yeah. <laughs> it's a simulation <laughs> my name isn't even anthony <laughs> dude no yeah when you get deep it's like yeah man we could just be a, a raindrop falling our whole life and it's just we're just one raindrop falling from a cloud down and we think the, it's the universe and that we're all important or whatever. It's like, nah, bro, you're just, yeah. you're just a rain cloud. <laughs> you're going to land in the back of a, of a cow and you're <laughs> insignificant. All your whole world was all that. That could technically be real. That's fucking weird about the universe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It could be real, man. <laughs> was it Horton Here's a Who? I'm joking. <laughs> it's like an episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Dude, so anyway, what what's the? I wanted I want to take because again, I want to promote your show. It's all about promoting the show, and I'm really curious about it. It's weird because you have to like kind of play the dumb because I, I I you know I know about the show and I'm a listener to it. So, but I gotta introduce it to people that haven't. But what's what's like a one good episode that you think if someone wants to dive in and get a really good feel for it and again we're not trying to say that this is better than any of the other episodes like i'm sure you enjoy all of them but what's a good introduction like one that's like this this one will really you know you'll quickly get a feel for what we do um so actually just uh if you're if you're looking for something that's recently been put out I would say to your heart's content, we had uh, Teresa Saris on there. She was a wonderful <sighs> actor, singer, dancer, amazing performer. Um, also, Flaco Alejandro's episode, one of the more recent ones as well. He's mm -hmm. a singer-songwriter, multiple go. bands. He's done big shows, again, NPR and the like. Um, if you're looking for something from our, like, just archives of episodes, personally, um, I would say Cue the Fantasy. Uh, we had a musician that goes by Leche Malo. He suffers from a, a condition called cognitive aphantasia, which means that he can't really, you know, when you, when you like think of a tree, you can see the tree in your head. He can't see the tree in his head. I've heard of that. That's a dude. Yeah. Um, that was really one of the That's cooler episodes. Nuts. Like this dude's a full blown musician and his stuff is great. And like it's so imaginative, and so it's like kind of like fuck. How? How? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that would be my question. It was so cool. Peeking diving a picture, in, how? Like, taking a peek in his head about that, and like the way he recalls memories, even like you know, and like he doesn't get, he doesn't really get trapped by like negative memory loops. Yeah. Just because it's difficult for him to just visualize, or you know, it's impossible for him to visualize it. That's nice. It's one. It's so weird because it's almost impossible for you. Like someone that can do that to visualize what it would be to not, you know, like it's one of those that you have to experience it. Just that's so cool. I got to listen to that one. I'm yeah, that one was really sick. Um, but honestly, man, every episode is different. Every episode, like uh, we had a guy, Gabriel Alviso. He, he used to be a big, you know, Selena's comic here with the XL show. Moved out to Chicago and like we've had him on like season one and season two. And, you know, trying to see his journey out there. And he started a new show called Laugh Now, Cry Later in Chicago. And he's, like, doing it. And he's, like, it's it, it's been crazy to see it, you know, and, like, be able to document it. I think that's that's, that's one, of the, the, one of the other missions of the show is to be able to document the paths that, like, we have with some of these guests. And, the, and season three is currently ongoing? Yeah. We're, like, on episode seven or eight right now. And, Jenna, you came in on season three? Were you on we yes, season sir. one or two? Okay, and mm -hmm. and you've been on on all of them, starting. No, no. Oh, okay, I came in season three. Yeah, we took a break at episode six on season three, and then uh, Taylor had fatherhood come up, so that's when Jenna joined the ship. And ever since then, we've been sailing smoothly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's freaking that's cool. I love it. I I love the uh, that podcast keep going. That that's the 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 tricky thing. You know, it's it's pretty easy to start one. But to keep one going, I think they, they average like three episodes. Like that's as most people do is three episodes. 
And it's That's tough to keep that going. <laughs> oh, no, hell no. And people think, <laughs> dude, and it's interesting. You kind of, again, you kind of feel douchey after a while, but like it, it is an art form. It's just another art form. That's how I see it. You know, podcasting is another art form. And some people see the successful shows or think shows that they believe are successful. And they think that the person just literally walks into a room and hits record. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what makes it entertaining is that person worked for a whole week or however long you know their process was for that hour and it comes out smooth and like they're not trying Mm -hmm. because they're good at their job dude i you see that i I, baseball a lot man sometimes you see baseball and they'll hit like a ground ball and the dude just catches it and just like grabs it out of his glove and flicks it over you're (laughs) like wait that dude is getting paid millions to do that and then you go to an actual baseball game and you're like that is terrifying. Like even the simplest thing mm-hmm. is this really like, oh, he's making it look easy. Mm-hmm. Like he's so good at what he does that it makes me think that I could do it. <laughs> and, you know, and um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I know. I like that you say that it's, it feels douchey to be in like to get into podcasting because I feel like that's anything like comedy telling people about your life theater getting up there standing straight and talking the loudest in the group like any form of artistry i'm sorry but you're gonna feel like you're paris hilton trying to get everyone's attention you're gonna feel like a douchebag you're gonna feel this this and that but the fact of the matter is no one's gonna listen to you if you're not standing up there with that exactly quote unquote douchebag uh mentality you need that confidence, even if it's fake. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I, dude, and I love when people stop you on the street. That's when you realize, like, oh shit, it was for some. All that my all word that, carries. Yeah, right? all that fake confidence. <laughs> well, then that's when you start getting the real confidence. You yeah. know, and you're okay. like, oh crap, people yeah, do okay. depend on this, and you know, and mm-hmm. and you, yeah, you start you start seeing it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler mm-hmm. walking around New York with a fucking. Have you seen those f- photos? He walks around with like random shit, like a like a bottle of peanut butter, and he's like eating it with a spoon. Like he just walks around New York like that. He doesn't give a fuck. He's Adam Sandler. He yeah, that yeah, so... was Adam Sandler. I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I want to make sure. What else are we missing? What What do people need to know about your show? Because again, I want to move on in the second half of of the episode to talk a little bit more. Selena, it's been a while since I've been on the show. Bunch of things going on. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, catch us on all the streaming sites. If you want the f- most direct way to find us, just hit up our Instagram at the first and fifteenth underscore. The link tree will have every link you need for any site you listen to. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been a fun ride, and I can't wait to keep it going. Hell yeah! No, yeah, it, it's a uh, like I said, I, I've been on well now. <laughs> I've listened before. I no, I think that that's a super cool. Those type of shows are very important. There's one that I just started getting into called Other People's Money. And it's super cool because this this lady will interview somebody and they'll be like, "Okay, I'm an executive chef at this restaurant." Like they're very open of like, "This is the restaurant. This is where it's at. And this is how much money I make every year." Damn. You know, and nice. and it's it's neat because you get to see, you know, like again, if say you are an artist and a painter is on or whatever. And then the painter's like, I make 175 grand a year. Then, you know, kind of lets you kind of see where you're at. And I guess financially or what you could potentially be at. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those that like, it's one thing just to tell the cool, like success stories or whatever. But I like seeing the whole grind, like things that are actually applicable to your own life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think shows like yours are do that kind of thing that are very important. You're, you're, you know, you're interviewing those people that are in the hustle. So what somebody that is also in that can can hear and it's like, well, this this is way more relatable. You know, this is way more relatable than, let's say, Adam Sandler talking about his successes <laughs> right now. You know, It'd be like, well, shit, dude, that guy is so, you know, so much bigger. But mm-hmm. that's why I think your show show or is so important. And I think it's so cool. And and as you know, tying this into the Selena's thing, you know, because you're so involved in the comedy and it's so neat that there's a starting to be a little stand up comedy circuit. And I know it's difficult. Like there's literally a handful of cities in this U.S. where, you know, there's like a healthy comedy scene. So it's not easy to start it from scratch, but it's also neat 
that now there's an outlet where people can hear those stories. And so maybe if they thought they're funny or something, then maybe they'll go up to an open mic and we could start building well, yeah, well, this artist group. What you were talking about on like the first and 15th about making Salinas underground so that people don't changing the narrative on Salinas or this area where back in the day it was this very violent, very mm. troubled spot that now there's it's this emerging art scene that's coming out and Jesus, if I could be remembered for anything other than like help being one of the ones that helped really lay the foundation, I, that's all I need. Yeah, and and that's what yeah that's what's cool, and that's where I I highly recommend you go check out first and the fifteenth. It's neat, and you do have a you know artists from everywhere, but a lot of them are local people, and I I think that's super cool because yeah again I'm there's so many talented people that I going back to that imposter syndrome thing that they're probably like. Who the hell am I, you know? It's like, dude, you're a human with a fucking brain. Well, again, because, yeah, sometimes you're, yeah, you say, who am I? But this person that works at the service desk at Verizon is walking around saying that that they're an artist, you know? And they're walking around like they're an artist and they're carrying themselves. And, and, you know, so do it. That's all it takes. All you Believe in yourself. And, again, I think hearing more stories like that will allow people to be like, oh, crap, maybe I should. Maybe I should push it. But anyway, let's, yeah, first on the 15th, Anthony and Jenna, it's amazing. But again, like I said, it's been a while since I've been on here. I want to talk Selena stuff. And it's cool. I I like this because now I like what I like and what interests me. But I'm curious, you know, when I have people in the studio, I can, I can get the instant feedback. Because I know, man, I like like city planning and stuff like that, which isn't, which isn't that normal. But I'm like, it's so important. We live in this city. It's growing. We need to be involved and and knowing what's going on. So anyway, I want to just get into a little little bit of news things that, I mean, shit, the last time we recorded, we had like three less Starbucks in this town. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's just like shows to how long it's been since we recorded or how fast Starbucks can expand. I don't know. So I work at elementary schools uh, on the east side. And ever since those Starbucks came up, it's literally taken over. Like, I see them everywhere. They're, they're just fucking everywhere now. It was, it was bugs me a bit because the damn national fucking coffee or whatever, but they're <laughs> so smart because they're like a, they're basically like Apple, you know, they're, they're just, they're like Apple or Tesla or whatever, like just having that branding is cool. I used to work for Starbucks, and let me just tell you, I'm still getting money from Starbucks. I don't work there anymore. That place. I want to go work there. I'm like, well, how does that? What? You get residuals? Starbucks is the best company I've ever heard of. The tears and the pain. My hands still hurt. Let me tell you, that shit is hard. Those people are working hard, but you get a lot working at Starbucks, and they look out for you. And they went on strike. I don't know if you heard about that. Starbucks workers went on strike. Yeah. And like it's a little bit of hush money, but Starbucks raised their minimum wage four dollars more. Huh. Like Well, and that just goes to show you amount. how how much they're screwing workers <laughs> over, you know? That because you know they're still making money. It's just they're not money. losing money. They're like, Well, yeah. we're gonna raise you four dollars an hour and we're still making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much more we were making last week. <laughs> You fucking peasants, dude. Like, that shit's crazy. But I mean, like, Starbucks is like such a big brand to the point where, like, people buy the cups, Mm -hmm. they'll put janky ass Folgers in there, but they're walking around with this, like, but that's all they care about because I'm walking around with Star. Again, that's where I feel Apple and Tesla, dude. Like, people have the iPhone, not particularly because the features of it but because they don't want to be singled out mm-hmm. you know they want to be part of the cool people crew mm-hmm. and all cool peoples have iphones you know and it's just <laughs> like that dude there it's inferior technology now you know but you don't want to be an outsider you sure. know you don't you know and and that's what dude well i think i, I haven't seen the the new nike movie but i i hear that they they touch on it as well in that like uh, the air jordan movie yeah so apparently they they had a discussion where they were like dude we're gonna market this basically to poor black kids that can't afford this 
Like, is that even ethical? <laughs> like, should we even do this? Like, their parent, they're going to beg their parents. Their parents are going to have to try to do whatever the hell, they, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to know that their kids will be ostracized if they don't have those shoes. Like, can we even, is this even right to do this to a community and ultimately yeah. dollars won, you know? But Without targeting the rich people, you target someone who is lower because it automatically yeah. makes the people who have more money to be like, haha, I have this. You don't have to target them. It's going to come naturally. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and that's why I thought it was so smart for Starbucks to do this little camp because they could be, oh, we're just going into communities that have traditionally not, like, no, those <laughs> people know that they, as sad as it is that their neighbors will think they're cooler or better because they got that Starbucks gear, you know? So that's why you're doing it. You tapped out all, all the middle-class people (laughs) are tired of your fucking, your middle-class coffee. Mm -hmm. So now you found a new audience of these poor people that want to be perceived as not that poor. Cause again, in this country being poor is like looked down upon, even though we're all poor, there's like 15 people that are actually rich in this country. <laughs> the rest of us are just a variation of poor. <laughs> trying and looking. But it's like, dude, actually, dude, tying it into Salinas, John Steinbeck had a very, very great quote where he says, this is just a country full of embarrassed millionaires. You know, like everyone swears that, you know, everyone thinks that like, oh, I'm I'm about to be rich. I'm about to be rich. You know, like I just, I'm just going through tough times right now. It's like, nah, motherfucker, we're all poor. We're all just gonna stay poor. All poor. We're all fucking poor. None of us are embarrassed millionaires. None of us are millionaires. So stop trying to act like you're a millionaire that's just going through hard times. Yeah. You're born poor. You're gonna die poor. <laughs> that's just the reality of it. But then companies like Starbucks be like, fuck that, dude. We can. These people, if they have ten dollars in their bank account. And the fucking macchiato costs eight. They're going to give us those eight dollars because it's more important for them to be seen with that cup than to actually have the fucking money in, in the bank. And that's messed up because that's the society we've created. You perception, know? dude. Perception it's is reality. Fucked. It is, yeah. It's so fucked. And, and I'm just like, just can, can I offer a solution? You got to go the hiking route. You got to buy that cup. What is it? Like, I don't even know how to say it. R-E-I. What the fuck is called? You got to buy that expensive hiking cup. And then you won't ever have to buy that Starbucks cup. Because that's already fancy. I don't know. Reuse, reduce, recycle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, buy that expensive coffee cup. And then you don't ever have to buy Starbucks. Fill that coffee cup with whatever the fuck you need. Plus, Mexicans have good coffee culture, man. Cafe de Oh, yeah, it's fucking good. And and that's where I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. This is a a Selena show. Ultimately, those three Starbucks, they're all going to pay sales tax, you know, the same sales tax that they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. But what bugs me is like, dude, how many local coffee shops have opened? Hell, go back five years. Mm -hmm. Go back five years. How many local coffee shops have opened? You know, in the last five years versus we got three new Starbucks in the last six months. Like, why is that? You, yeah. I can. I feel like I go to Hollister and there's more independent coffee shops. Like, what are they doing? That, that There's more people at Salinas High than at Hollister, you know, but how do they have more coffee shops? You know, where, where you know, you go to Carmel, Monterey. I mean, it's kind of tough because Monterey is so touristy. There's so much money there, like so, so it's kind of easy to see. Because the amount of people in Hollister is different than Salinas, that's why you see that because Salinas is being targeted. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, and and where's the the city council? Like, how there's got to be a way where we can uplift our local businesses. Like I've said this a million times. I'll keep saying it again. Mm-hmm. Like I would be like, you know, a, a company like Starbucks. You know, I would love for for the city to sit down with them and be like, bro, we get it. You figured out a, a market that has money that is willing to give it up to you mm-hmm. and you're going to basically come exploit it. We understand as capitalism, whatever. Mm-hmm. But because of that, like for every Starbucks that you put in, you have to give like, let's say $15,000 to a fund that we then are going to use to for our local coffee shops. That's brilliant. So then like say the bearded bean wants, wants to repaint or maybe open a second location. They could go to the city and say, Hey, look, here's our plan. And the city's like, cool. We got 50 grand for you, you know, because six new Starbucks opened up. That means we got whatever six times 15,000 is. So this fund is there. 
So while we're welcoming to business, you know, we don't want to shut out business completely. We also want to make sure that our local businesses, you know, from the people that were born and raised here, Mm -hmm. the people that care about the city in a different way, that they still get the support and uplift, you know. And there's got to be a way because I'm I'm not going to be like no change, you know, no corporate change. Fuck it. You know, you got to let them in somehow. Because they also pay their, again, they also pay their it fair also, share yeah, of taxes. It so it, it's understandable. You know, it adds to it. But I'm just like, dude, I would love for the city to be more proactive, to be like, dude, for every Starbucks that opens, again, now Eric and Ness can't open a coffee shop on the east side. Because now they, now when you got the, the you know, you got your bearded bean blank coffee cup versus your green Starbucks cup, people are going to, they want the green Starbucks cup because that's yeah. what is cool. That's what. Taylor Swift, I don't know. I couldn't think of another celebrity. <laughs> that's what they have on the cover of People magazine, you know? So that that's what you are. And that's where I'm just like, whatever. I'm always down and I'm and maybe some of these are even local franchisees, you know? So it might be more local money staying here than than we realize. Um, but I'm just like, dude, how can we open three within like a couple miles of each other within a year of each other? And and there's been it's since the, the bearded bean the it's the power of the machine behind it dude and and that's where and old town loves to be like oh we're full of shops and restaurants and coffee shops like dude you got the cherry bean and the bearded bean what else what else mm-hmm. and since the bearded bean what other local coffee shop has opened what do we, we have what viva espresso on the north side Beautiful. and cherry bean and bearded bean yeah. There's plenty of other like shops or restaurants that sell coffee, but like a coffee coffee shop, we got it now. And the, which is again, you could go to like Aptos or something that's a fraction of the, the size, and in a three block area, they have more coffee shops. Yet you see all this promotion that oh, come check out the coffee shops here in Old Town. Like, man, y'all just doing this because you get a paycheck for it. You're, fucking, <laughs> you're lying. You're that's fucking good. lying. But anyway, that that was. I just had to. I just had to talk about that because I was just like, dude, I can't. It's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. They would allow it, yeah. Solid Dad's getting the Dutch Brothers. It's happening in Solid Dad now. Their sign is right, (laughs) (laughs) dude. And dude, and oh my god, when I double up my words, that's how you know I'm getting fucking excited. So because I looked it up, I was like, okay, Solid Dad is getting a Dutch Brothers. Does do they have franchises? You know, maybe it was just someone that had money. Mm-hmm. And they were from Soledad, so they wanted to put one there. So I look it up, and Dutch Brothers doesn't have franchises. All of the Dutch Brothers are corporate-owned, and the way they do it is they they hire from within. So if you're like a, a barista and you keep moving up and moving up, eventually like they're like, cool, you're like general manager level. We want to put a new Dutch Bros in this town. Do you want to go manage that one? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. So that's how they do it. That's sick. so like they're all corporate owned, and all of them are managed by people that have been work that work their way up. And they're diehard. They're like Dutch Bros made my whole life. Like, yeah, they gave it, me my whole life. They they're not gonna let you walk away without a pastry. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> well, they're the, gonna greet you with all that intensity. Yeah, and that again, and yeah, that's where it's just like so then. That shows to me that they they could have easily built one in Salinas. There, there wasn't anything that says, oh, you know, we need a certain amount of money or whatever in a certain area. They could just put it anywhere, basically, where they decide, and then they just put one of their baristas. To. So I'm like, well, what is Soledad doing? Once again, going back, I always go to population. They're like little tiny towns, like Seaside, you know, Stressing is doing so much cool stuff, <laughs> and Soledad is doing cool stuff. I was just saying how we were picking cherries in Morgan Hill. Bro, you see, damn. Small towns are getting some love right quick. Dude, and here we are in Salinas, so and we can't fucking fill a pothole, you know? Yeah. They get all excited. Oh, we filled 11,000 potholes this year, which was 10,000 more than last year. <laughs> Like, bitch, that means you filled a thousand last year? You're all happy? You're fucking proud of this. You're all fucking proud of this. Like, yeah, shit my pants today, not the bed. That's that's improvement. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jeez. another another cool thing that happened um recently. I, I thought this this was a neat thing where they they repealed the cruising ban. And I actually I wanted to reach out to a city council member and get in, in here and Five or ten, have them explain, you know, five or ten minutes of the, the legalese side of it. Because for a while, I mean, come on, if you're from Salinas, we've all cruised at some point. Facts. we got nothing to do. 
<laughs> whether it's Main Street, the mall, or South Main now, you know, the Old Town area, Alisal, like we've all done it. We've all been 19-year-olds with nothing to do. Not saying that's the only people that cruise. But Salinas has a really good cruising culture, you know? Like there's cool lowriders and all this. The summer is just car shows every weekend. But if you look at North Main especially, they got those signs. You know, say cruising prohibited. That is no yeah. Mexicans. <laughs> That's really what they're saying. That's really what they're saying. Let's be real. You can't put up no Mexicans. But yeah, let's be real. It's not a lot of 67 Camaros out there cruising all the time. But <laughs> I don't even know if the Camaro, some nerd's going to be like, the Camaro started making in 72. <laughs> but anyway, it's so neat how, you know, we have this different city council. They're younger. They're more born and raised here. And all of a sudden, like, they probably cruised as well. They're like, dude, it's just cruising. Like, it, it's not, like, people think it's like gang meetups or some shit, I think. You know, people, you know, you know, who, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Blanquito. Blanquito. No, just kidding. <laughs> all the people from Alisco are like, what about us? Hey? <laughs> But anyway, so the city, the city council got together and they were like, all right, dude, we got to figure something out. You know, we have a great cruising culture, great car culture in this town. And yeah, and exactly. And instead of like giving them tickets and, and like, yeah, let's try to embrace it somehow. And they were like trying to figure out how do we do it? You know, do we like for six months say it's all good and there's no rules or do we impose say it's cool, but with rules? Mm-hmm. And they decided to go with the no rule route. I love it. Fuck yeah. 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 Anarchist yeah. Council. Yeah, <laughs> anarchist. So, yeah, they were saying, uh, and it was a couple of weeks ago. So I, I think it starts in June because it was basically 30 days from that vote. Cruising was legal throughout the city with no, no kind of restrictions. Because originally they were going to be like, basically they were going to make cruising zones. And if you left that cruising zone, you couldn't come back for six hours. And if you did, you would get a ticket. Because then you were cruising outside of the specified zone. <laughs> Which was weird because I'm like, what? I'm here in the studio. What if I got to go home and come back? Like, I'm not cruising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just forgot my weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get in trouble because I'm a fucking pothead. Like, that shit, that's double, that's illegal now. <laughs> Can't do that. To me. Biden's America, bro. And Biden's America. <laughs> But anyway, I, I definitely get into it more. Like I said, I will actually get a council member in here to talk about more of the le- the legal stuff. What does that mean? Does that really mean a literal like all out free for all like now on cruising? Five miles an hour down South Main or something? Yeah, hell yeah. What does that mean? And uh, but for the most, but it seems like for now at least, you know, if you got a cool car, low rider or something, you can go up and down Main Street and not really I'm have to, to worry about that. Drop my car right now, my Nissan Pathfinder. <laughs> well, dude, and I mean, I don't want to get way too political, but let's be real. That's really what those rules were. Yeah. All that shit was just a reason to pull people over and see what the Rocks. fuck they're doing. That's really what it was. It wasn't a what is fucking traffic or whatever. Rider, yeah. What does it For mean? real. No, yeah, exactly. That was just straight up trying to fucking, the man trying to keep us down, but the man's gone. <laughs> he can't hurt us anymore. And uh, so one, a couple more things before we sign off here. One thing, this will be really quick because uh, for those that don't know, here on the 300 block of Main Street, the old Beverly Fabrics building is being transformed into an heirloom pizza location, which is super neat. Again, yet another restaurant. I've said it so many times. That shows something when so many people are coming from the peninsula here and not just customers like Business owners, business you know, owners. You, you see, you know, heirloom pizza, Amapola, the great British uh, bake shop, Alvarado, Alvarado, all of those people that came from the peninsula to Salinas. They're not opening their next locations on the peninsula. They're coming here. It's, it's, it's like they're recognizing the change that's coming. That's coming down in the city. How? We, we sent El Charrito over there. Like we're taking <laughs> That's how much like we're dude. We're winning. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that that location is really nice. I like pizza, if you've never had it before, fucking amazing deep dish. Yeah, and dude, and this one they're gonna have like a tiki lounge upstairs, you know. So you're gonna have a little bit of more of that nightlife. They're gonna have a built-in stage, oh, wow. and the interior looked beautiful. It was it's white and gold, dude. Fancy, like super Monterey, which I love. I I love it. Man, I, I love the vibe. Bring it in. You know, that just invites a whole different crowd. I'm all, I'm all for it. 
Um, but that's that's really cool. That you know, that's another. The only thing it was, a, it was the Beverly Fabrics building is one of the original, like an old old town building. Is this beautiful Art Deco? I'm I love architecture. I love architecture, and you can tell it was a Taylor Taylor bought it because right here on the 300 block, same deal. They fucking ruined the architecture. They put like that metal awning and like repainted it, and it, ah, it's just like a hot girl with all of a sudden she got big fake tits, you know? And you're just like, what would you do? You're already hot. You're still hot, but you didn't have to go do all that, you know? And um, but anyway, they did the same deal. I don't know if they had like an extra awning or whatever, but it was the exact same metal awning. You'll see it, you know, that's at the 300 main. That they put in front of heirloom pizza and and again they just took this like again this beautiful beautiful thing and just try to modernize it and it just like you took the soul out of it man like it was already beautiful you should have just touched up the paint it would have been fine but rich people are tacky rich people don't have style they don't have taste nah they fucking don't but you're rich so you rule, you, rich. you rule the world uh but anyway i'm super excited for that that that's just another place it's literally across the alley from where we're recording right now so hell yeah can't wait i'm down for that and anyway i'm gonna end this i know you want you gotta go hiking over here <laughs> but i i want to end this with some cool things i usually add hit there's usually more history that, I, that i've been doing on this show and people absolutely love it um right now i don't have a full one i'm working on that white white mountain thing out there i want to figure out how long it's been there what the hell they actually do there I know they do chemical lime, so I know that much. But anyway, I'm working on that. In the meantime, I came across some other cool stuff, dude. This this town has been doing cool stuff for I don't know what happened in the 70s. I don't know if I should blame the Mexicans. Oh. Was it was it us? Did we moose this up? But anyway, like, dude, this town would it used to support its small businesses and all that, and people were doing really cool stuff. Like I mentioned before, this mag this newspaper called the Philippines Mail. It was the largest filipino language newspaper in the country and it was right here in salinas 100 years ago 100 years ago you know salinas was way much smaller but anyway this this newspaper the philippines mail the writers had this ritual it, it was so cool this group of writers they would call themselves the juan steinbeck poetry society which already amazing <laughs> amazing the juan steinbeck poetry society of salinas and what they would do is they would they would meet at a chop suey place in Chinatown. Actually, the the one you if you go to Chinatown, they they redid the sign. I think they call it's called the New Republic Cafe. Yeah. Okay. So that place. So they would go there. They would meet up every Sunday, and they would they would pass around a, a cup of this very very bitter Chinese tea, and whoever got the cup would have to present either a poem or a story that, that they came on their own, that they came up with. Um, and if they had nothing to present, they would have to drink the extremely bitter tea. It's just a, a neat ritual, you know, for them. What Again, a lot of these guys were were men, you know, mostly, and they were ripped apart from their families. They, they were actually Filipinos, you know, and so these were very lonely people that, that you know, had... As they, socially they struggled you know so this was a really cool opportunity for them to kind of vent their well, yeah frustrations or, or whatever it might be and i think it's cool again going back to you know having the artists on the the episode today and me considering this an art form like this is one of those things where again we think oh we live in a small town like i, I can't never make it here or whatever like no nah, there's been talent and and it's ingrained you know, in like the town's mm -hmm. history yeah this is a town of hustlers and art. and artistic people Hell yeah. again john not every town has a like john steinbeck wasn't just a famous writer the dude won a fucking nobel prize like mm -hmm. they, there's only they've had it at what like a hundred of those in writing in the history you know and one of them is dudes from salinas and not only that he talked about the salinas story you know like he didn't write about dragons and shit you know like he talked about making people like in salinas people. yeah and so i i this is a really neat town that like i said this is what this whole show's about you know i know with the monterey i was gonna say communist machine i don't know, I don't know where that came from but the monterey capitalist machine you know they just make so much money and they're so famous sometimes we kind of i think we 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 don't 
we look down on ourselves, but we, we come from a really amazing place and a, a lot of very talented people have come here. Um, but anyway, the, the Juan Steinbeck poetry society is one of those amazing groups. And I want to finish this episode up with, um, I went through big shout out to the Chinatown association. I don't know who exactly did this, but somebody went back in the newspaper archives and gathered 33 pages of these poems some of them are in tagalog so i don't know what they say but i'm sure they're beautiful <laughs> but i'm just like what the fuck this person can't spell for oh <laughs> oh it's not in english but anyway i, I came across one that not only did, did i i think was was really really well done but also it was one of the shorter ones uh and because some of these you know they dude I mean, 33 pages. Yeah, 30, and yeah, and it wasn't 33 poems, but it's because you could tell, like, mm-hmm. the it's uh, somebody longing from home. You know, it's somebody that's hurting, that, like, is expressing themselves. And some of these, you know, they needed some time to, to say what they were saying. But anyway, yeah. this is um, this is from the, the Philippines Mail edition of November, on November 27th, 1933. This is a poem, and this is one of the, the rarer ones. By I'm assuming it was a woman, Helen Santiago. Mm-hmm. And this is a poem entitled Questions. Uh, so it goes, can gray ashes be rekindled or old rose dust bloom again? Do we recapture melodies of once dreamed of refrains? Does dead love bud into new life? Will you come back to me? I know through, the- I know through tears that such things live only in memory. Damn. Pretty neat. That I mean, great poem, great poem. But I'm like this. The to me, like not only like that's those are beautiful words, but that came across that happened when these group of writers were sitting at the old Republic Cafe, chilling just over yeah, having some chop suey and tea. Vulnerable and and it yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that people were were coming up with in this town a hundred years ago, yeah. like th- this town. Is, has artists has been had artists been had that's right i don't care they've been had artists yeah where's your podcast how do you talk huh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's one of those again i know that because of this area and how this city is sometimes we can get down on ourselves and and kind of think well, well we don't live in a cool town like other, other people are doing this and that and like dude People have been doing stuff in this town for a hundred years. Sure. O- other towns, they're they're just getting their shit going, but we've been doing this for over a hundred years. And and be proud of that. And and know, tap into that history. Tap yeah. tap into that. You know, it it's around here. Mm-hmm. It's around here. So if you're an artist, you believe in yourself, and and you can do it around here. And and other people again, people have been doing it for over a hundred years here. So <laughs> if you can't do it, then you're bad. <laughs> maybe it's not for you maybe go work at starbucks <laughs> go manage the dutch brothers bro <laughs> no no anyway i i don't know and i'll definitely share the link to that article because that article is out there and I wanna look that. and it's for free and we should all it again blows my mind how we know about shakespeare we know about others i mean john steinbeck whatever he's local so that he counts but like we don't get taught that yeah why don't we get to why don't we in school instead of having to fucking do a, a mission we we can't do like a, a poem in the style of of the juan steinbeck poetry society of selena for real yeah. why don't if we ever navi- get taught that, that exists? i just want to say if you're navigating that uh tagalog and elecano is very close to spanish i'm pretty sure anyone can pick apart and it is interesting yeah if you look at it there are some things that you can you can pull from them but yeah it is different i'm so excited to to have that thing i'll I'll share it yeah it's very neat and again this was one of the shorter ones there are some really good ones again kind of sad because you 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 can you can feel that it's somebody missing home Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but also like we can celebrate that those people had no clue that 100 years from now people would continue reading their words yeah. and i'm sure and now they, they live forever on the yeah. form of this podcast exactly and that's so awesome so like big shout out to to and i'll figure out who the the person that put that together because i just read their work you know but Beautiful. and then going back even further whoever wrote that down a hundred years ago helen santiago yeah helen santiago all the santiago's are like that's my aunt bro that's my aunt <laughs> <laughs> but anyway 
Anthony, Jenna, thanks again for doing this. This was super cool, man. We people have no clue. They're just gonna hear this. They don't know we've we've been here for hours in the heat, in the Putting window, in the windowless heat. We're <laughs> drank all the white claws. Like. <laughs> Anyway, thanks again for doing this. It was fun. Thank and thanks for everyone for putting up for the erratic schedule. I, I, I love it. I, I love the listeners. I, I love you guys. I love doing this. But like I said, I, I, I've come to realize that we have a built-in audience that just wants more Salinas Underground. So I, I will do better that even if I can't get a guest, I will still come in here and talk about Dutch Brothers and 100-year-old Filipino poetry. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll catch y'all later. Thank you. Peace.